Go, what's going on, fella, man? Uh, how you doing, brother? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Look tight. What about yourself? Hey, man, same here, bro. Been a grind today, but uh, glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. Well, man, I just want to welcome everybody here to Safe Fella Podcast, man, as we do, uh, talking on sports, doing our thing, keeping you up to date on the sports and just keeping it real. So um, what you got here is Mr. Maul here, Pastor T. So we just here to handle business, do our thing. So let's go ahead. Huh? I just said, hopefully y'all like what we're talking about. (laughs) Hey, man, hey, look. We keep it real, so that shouldn't be a problem. Yes, sir. All right, man. So we're going to kick things off, man. I got a couple topics to talk about here tonight, man. I'm going to start the thing off real good, real easy. Um, first thing, man, I see on the ledger here, man. Let's talk about this new rule in the NFL, man. We're going to start with the NFL, man. New numbers rule. Um, reportedly, they're passing the new rule. Uh, Roger Goodell is going to pass a new rule for NFL players to be allowed to wear different numbers now, single-digit numbers for certain players like running backs, corner uh, DBs, and etc. Um, Tom Brady uh, actually tweeted that he thinks it's a dumb move. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Um, I think Tom Brady took a trip to the Salty's platoon. His argument is, you know, kind of silly talking about if the Mike linebacker's number is five instead of 55, it changes calls. Like, come on now, bro. Like, it's a minor rule change to me, personally. Um, I haven't played football, but as long as everybody, if you play college ball, or even if you watch college ball, you know there are plenty of linebackers, or safeties, or whatever, who have single-digit numbers. So, if you play in college or at least watch college ball or high level high school football where you know the star player plays running back linebacker safety kicker punter and uh if we feel the Gatorade job you know like a lot of guys are similar to the numbers <laughs> to me it just sounds like a lot of sour grades from sour bastards what's your thoughts on Man, I, I, I'm gonna piggyback off that, man. I, I, I believe that it's just a, like you said, man. It just, you know, sour grapes. You know, I, I understand his argument. He really doesn't have an argument. Um, I'll say this: I wish they would have did this sooner, man. I think this is something that a lot of players were lobbying for, especially years ago. Uh, I remember when Reggie Bush came in the league in 2006. He was lobbying for him to get number five. And it was yeah. a big issue. Yeah, you remember that. Yeah, yeah man, it was a big issue. Um, and if we want to be more recent, um, King Henry, as I like to call him, Derrick Henry, um, he was lobbying for number two. And they wouldn't give it to him, man. They said there was too much confusion. The commissioner would, you know, do it. So now, you know, uh, I think it's a little, it's a little late, better late than never, I guess. But um, again, I would have loved to see Reggie at number five uh, coming out of USC at the time, and also Derrick Henry at, at number two. But you know, like they said, better late than never, I guess. But uh, Tom's a little salty, so that's on him, man. Yeah, yeah. I, to me, I don't even. I think it's only a big deal because Tom Brady spoke out about it. You know, of course. I mean, since he went to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Hullabaloo about everything he 
tool, he petty tool, he has childish reasons for saying things. Like, I think this is, this is what you do about that. And not only that, but if people want to change their numbers, they also have to buy back the whole inventory of all their jerseys. Like, that's not acting like it's going to happen in mass that fucking middle linebackers are going to go from 57 to 7 on some shit. Like, let's, let's be right. Wrong. Exactly. You know, and I think that's the point that's crazy about it, is that, you know, there's no reason to make a big deal about this. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't gonna be too many dudes. I mean, nine times out of ten, most guys who the number changes are gonna be available for aren't big jersey selling guys anyway. I mean, there are some running backs, but other than Derrick Henry, um, there aren't many running backs who have expressed a big interest in going back to single digits. I mean, I can imagine Ezekiel Elliott wanting to go back to single digits, but I don't know if he want to pay all that money just to have all those jerseys, you know, change right. Because, you know, right. I mean, for one, um, being a Dallas Cowboy, he does have, they sell a lot of jerseys. As horrible as they've been, if you're a good player for the Cowboys, you sell a lot of merch for the NFL. Of course. Old pot, so, I don't think it'll, uh, I mean, for certain players, yeah, maybe, but I, I, I just don't see the big deal about guys want to change the number. If they want to buy back the inventory, let them do it. Stop lying about it. Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Well, you know, man. Speaking, you know, of, you know, something that, you know, not too big of a deal. Let's speak of something here that I think is a huge deal. Um, the Chiefs today made a trade with the Baltimore Ravens for Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, I thought that was a crazy trade for the Ravens, but um, to trade, the reason I say that is because they trade with a rival, a team they couldn't beat in the playoffs. Um, you, you actually strengthen their, strengthen their team for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's, I think he's a great player. Um, he may voice his opinion about not to be back on the right side. He wanted to be a left tackle, which I can understand. Um, the average between the left tackle and the right tackle is about four to five million dollar difference a year. So I could definitely understand why he wants to go on the left side. Um, they traded the twenty-seven, uh, excuse me, the thirty-first pick this year, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick this year, and also a fifth-round pick for next year, um, and also. The Ravens sent back a second round pick and I believe another pick. Uh, what are your thoughts on this trade? Well, listen, the pick that the other pick the Ravens sent back was a sixth rounder in 2022. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, just my overall thoughts on the trade. I thought, I, I think I might give you some pushback on this one because, I mean, once a guy speaks out against the organization in a certain kind of way, I can understand why an organization would want to get rid of them. You don't want a malcontent speaking up and the Ravens for the most part already have the left tackle position sold up um, and the reason that he wanted to move to left tackle also that I read about was because his father always envisioned him playing left tackle right. so, I mean I guess there's some sentimentality there um, and they probably feel like okay he's a really good player he's a pro bowl player but we can replace him especially because our offense is so run heavy. Um, we don't need a specialist in pass blocking. And he was a really good pass blocking offensive lineman, but it's a lot easier for those big guys to go up there, grab somebody, push their ass on the ground. So 
<laughs> very true very true I think uh, you know uh, the only the pushback I'm gonna give to you man is is I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with them trading him I, I'm all for him trading um, he did speak out against the organization which caught the organization by surprise because usually the Ravens keep everything in house um, so that's one thing I thought he shouldn't have done because um, they did give him the right to go and find a trade that you know that he would look he was looking for um, they did that under the, you know behind the scenes but he spoke out again you know spoke out against the organization which was wrong uh, not wrong for them per se but I mean it's just it's bad business overall but um the pushback I'm giving you is why trade him to the Chiefs? You know what I mean? Isn't that like your rival in terms of trying to get to the Super Bowl? Well, to quote the great Daniel Cormier when speaking about John Jones, if you fight a guy twice and you never win, is it really a rivalry? <laughs> So we can call it a rivalry because, you know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are the two young it quarterbacks. You know, they both won MVPs in successive seasons. Um, they're both seniors revolutionary plays in the NFL, but the Ravens and the Chiefs aren't rivals, especially if the Chiefs keep beating the Ravens. They're good games. They're not getting their ass beat. But right. If I keep losing fights to you, I can't call you a rival. At that point, it's just called domestic abuse. But I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> Straight domestic abuse there, brother. Exactly. Now, but, let me just say this. Let me just say this to Buffer that. After, after Marvin Lewis left the Cincinnati Bengals, did anybody call the Steelers, the Ravens, the Ravens, their rivals in the division anymore. In terms of the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, of course they I mean, of course they call them division rivals, but it's not a true rivalry. Hell no, nah, it's a beat going on out there. No, nah, it's a beat. Right. I mean the Cincinnati Bengals got some yeah. At least Marvin Lewis got into the playoffs. I mean, goddamn, they 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 getting top picks every year for no, Russell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vontez Burfick and Antonio Brown had fucking beef because of that rivalry. After right. Had, come on now, put a right. on, on tying this dude on behind his back and punching on him. <laughs> so if he ain't like saying this, or like if you want to say it's an it's a AFC rival or a mm-hmm. Super Contender rival. Sure, I'll give you that. But to say that they're real rivals, nah. nah. To me, right now, the only rival to the Chiefs, to the Chiefs in the AFC are the Patriots, and they out that good right now. Bless you. Um, you. So you don't see any rivalry for the Chiefs in terms of uh, supremacy going to the Super Bowl in the AFC. In the AFC, no. no. Damn. Um, I'll see this season like if, if the Raiders still progress if they still get better as a team if they improve um, their defense because that was their biggest issue last year yeah hell yeah um, I'll have to revisit it only because the Raiders are the only team I consistently see playing the Chiefs tough and 
trying to take some some head to, to get some wins off them. Now, some people will say the Chargers, but a lot of people won't be in the Chargers. A lot of that talent on that roster is left over from when Philip Rivers was there. So, right, right. Some of those guys are going to I heard those guys get older. So, until I see another consistent rival pick up or at least start beating them in the regular season, nah, I do I agree, I agree with that. I don't think the Ravens have a passing game yet to be a threat. And the same thing you said about the Chargers, the Ravens just seem to have a lot of a, a few guys that kind of get long in the tooth. And so I don't see it, man. Uh, I mean, they might there might be a surprise this year, but um, right now I got the Chiefs coming out the AFC again. Uh, hey, it might get boring for some people, but hey. They said the same thing about Golden State in the NBA. But hey, winners win. And until you can beat them, it's your problem. Yeah. But the one thing I am sad about in this trade is, you know, the, the, the Chiefs basically made lines out of me for another day when I said that Najee Harris <laughs> might go there. Uh huh. Now I'm rooting for Najee to drop out the first round. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey. I hope he does in terms of going to because I want him to go to a good team, man. I do want to get him to go to a good team. I think he's a great prospect and, you know, so I hope he goes to a good team. But I'm glad you said that about prospects, the draft. Um, speaking of the draft, uh, yesterday we talked about uh, under the radar prospects. I want to get your take on who do you feel in this draft this year is overrated? Overrated? Yes. I think that Patrick Sertan Jr. is starting to become very overrated to me. Mm. Surprise me on that one. You surprised me. I didn't think you were going to say Patrick. Uh, why? What, what makes you feel like he's overrated? Um, number one, there's a stigma about Alabama playing some exhibit players in general because they're so well coached in college. Usually they don't end up, well, end up that good in the NFL because, I mean, Nick is so thorough and attention to detail and he takes away the, the room for error, number one. Number two, I think a lot of his impressive things have come against non-impressive teams. Mm. Especially this season, like, number one, who, who, would be a, who would the elite receivers he went against this season? Like, I know they have a lot of great guys in the SEC and Ole Miss always has someone that pops up that's really good, but AFC, Ole Miss, like everyone else, like they ever do. Talking about Elijah? Yeah. They okay. up against Alabama. Um, yeah, you did. LSU, despite the fact that they were going back and forth between two freshman quarterbacks, they still put up numbers on Alabama. Mm-hmm. And Sertan Jr., to me, has that Alabama cornerback problem in which he I think he's so used to their defense unless he goes to the exact same defense in the NFL I think he's going to suffer um, <laughs> damn Javier Arena suffered like that I mean well, Javier Arena <laughs> hey don't forget he <laughs> was very overrated like yes Drake Kirkpatrick is just oh. 
<laughs> he couldn't backpedal. He didn't. <laughs> I'm about to say that. Don't forget Drake Kirkpatrick, the guy that couldn't backpedal. I said, God damn. It still was a first round pick. He was, he was, we went 21st overall in that draft. That's my point. Like, uh, you, 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 you look at a lot of guys from Alabama and how they come out. And the teams that they're going to have the guys go to, like Patrick Sertan, a lot of people have him going to the Cowboys at 10. Number one. If he goes to the top points at 10 and they don't have any safeties over the top already, mm. that's scary. And you can see get two motherfuckers who came from literally the worst pass teams in the NFL the season before and said, This is going to fix our problem. <laughs> who they end up signing? I, I, I can't quite remember. Um, they signed Keanu Neal from the Atlanta Falcons. And <laughs> oh. I remember them. Yeah, and, he, and I can remember the other general gentleman's name, but the other safety from the Falcons. Um, so I don't. I don't Wait, do you have both the guys? Oh hell no! Oh no, no. Keanu Neal is he a linebacker playing safety? Basically, I mean that dude can't cover a goddamn thing. I mean he could probably cover his eyes and not not see the receiver when they pass him. Hey, bro, I, I, that's terrible. Um. Yeah, he gonna have if he go to the Cowboys and yeah, it's gonna be, it, it could be a long season for him. Um, in terms of my my overrated prospect, I actually have a tie. Um, both quarterbacks. <laughs> mm, okay. For me, it's gonna be Zach Wilson. Okay. And another guy from Alabama, man, Mac Jones. You know, it's not that I, I have anything against Alabama. Um, I just look at Mac Jones. You know, he had a lot of talent around him. You know, he he really didn't have to do too much, but just throw it to wide open receivers. I mean, he had what three or four good receivers, running backs, offensive line was great, defense got stops for him. I mean, they were putting up points before. I mean, the game was pretty much over for Alabama at halftime most of the time. So I mean. Ooh, ooh. You know, he go. He, he yes, he's in the SEC, going up against very good talent. But you got to remember, a lot of guys set out this year, pass. Um, you know, Alabama just basically walked through the season. Uh, he couldn't win the job. I mean, before the season started, we thought the freshman was going to start his place. Um, it wasn't like he came in as the undisputed starter. Uh, he actually came in, had to go through a competition, and he what he was what a senior. So. Yeah. I'm not too high on him. Uh, I keep hearing these reports that the 49 might draft him at number three. Uh, talking about he's a win-now quarterback. Um, Colin Carter had made mention of that bullshit. Um, he's an idiot, a flip-flopper. But, you know, I don't think – I don't I don't see the infatuation with him. I, I, I would love to be proven wrong. And uh, to finish up with Zach Wilson, um, he's the typical – don't hear too much about this guy during the season. Draft comes around. He has a couple good games against poor competition. He puts up a great pro day. And, you know, doing, you know, the off-balance throws at the pro day. Everybody was all oohing and on over that. Um, but I don't – the reason I, I think he's I think he's overrated, one, because I don't even think he should be in the top ten personally. I think, I, I, I'm not too sure about his talent because the year before that, he was off the radar. People spoke about him a little bit, but then last year, whatever. But 
also okay. I need to get rid of because if he goes to the Jets, <laughs> he has the highest bust potential as well. So go ahead, brother. Well, I'm gonna give you some pushback on Zach Wilson. Um mm. in the form of Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow's junior season, he didn't do anything that impressive. Looked like a at best a mid-round draft pick. Um, but honestly an undrafted free agent or a late round pick. Um, and then he had one spectacular season and you know, he became universally recognized as the guy who was gonna go number one overall. Um and I guess to shoot your little bail and to, to, to shoot a little bail to Zach Wilson is um, what do you expect the guy to do? <laughs> I mean, he plays at BYU. They don't have elite talent. Um, he can only work with what he works with. And if you look at his pro day, he does have a very impressive arm. He does have a very impressive, impressive throw package. Um, he looks like a very good athlete. Um, now, I think the only thing wrong with him is that he's going to the Jets. And historically speaking, they're a clown organization. Um, <laughs> so, I wouldn't feel good about that. That's time. Go ahead. I was just saying I wouldn't feel good about that at all. Um, but that's just to, to shoot some pushback on Zach Wilson. Um, to shoot a little pushback at Mac Jones. I mean, he he's an average-ish looking quarterback. And honestly, honestly, I think he's a little I think he's a little overrated. I don't think he's not a first round draft pick. But, I wouldn't trade up to number three to, to make sure I get Mac Jones when before you did that there were no indications you had to trade up to number three to get Mac Jones. Right. That's my thing. I, I, I don't I don't I don't see the need to trade up for a guy like that, but you know, maybe they heard things around the league um similar to what they heard with Pat, you know, during the draft with Patrick Mahomes that year that the <clears throat> Tennessee Chiefs the Saints wanted to get him. Uh, I think there was one other team that was looking into him, and the Chiefs had to pull the trigger and get up to 10 to get him uh, right before the Saints got at 11. Uh, so maybe, I mean, maybe they see something. I don't, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think they bought somebody's bullshit and <laughs> they jumped in the For real. <laughs> you they said the Chiefs, but the Chiefs did that shit on draft day. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had they made sure they had proper intel, and before a real team was about was going to draft him, they said, "Fuck it, we going over here." Yeah, and I guess you can also say that we seen Patrick Mahomes go up against you know pretty decent talent at times, pretty good talent actually. When he was at Texas Tech, and still put up great crazy numbers. Um, he still holds a record, I believe, for what, 800 yards in the game? Something like that in the season, in the game? Yeah, something along those lines. Shit. Um, it's crazy. But even I remember looking at Patrick Mahomes in college and thinking, man, this dude. Like, right. it's not even just, you know, one or two throws a game. 
the dude looked like a baller. He just didn't look like he had people to ball with. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Um, to me, Zach Wilson, when I saw Zach Wilson at BYU, I, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of games. I watched a couple, but he looked like a dude with a pretty good arm who went off script unnecessarily. And to me, there's a, there's a problem with that, especially as a Packers fan watching Brett Favre for years. Brett Favre would get himself in trouble. Zach Wilson doesn't look like the guy who's going to, all right, you know, first read, second read, third read, check down. He looks like a guy who first read, second read, I can fit into that window. And also, it was, it was to me to say he was, um, he's considered a top prospect now. He wasn't instrumental in BYU winning last year. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's another thing that I look at. Like, what is, what is the impact overall of the player to the team? Um, and that's why I dock. Patrick Sertan Jr. a lot because yeah, you were the best cornerback but you were the best cornerback on the team that has disposable corners. Like Alabama, while they do have good wide receivers that come up there, they also have some boo boo full ass defensive backs. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I That's why I kind of don't understand why recruits I'm not understand why. I mean, they get to the NFL, but I understand why. If you're a DB, who's an infatuation with going to Alabama? Besides the fact that hey, you're gonna win, uh, you're gonna get to the NFL, and um, shit, nationally televised games, I guess. So I mean, you know, I got I got to understand it from that aspect of it. Um, speaking of prospects, I just want to ask you a quick question. Just throw this in here real quick. Um, in terms of the Packers, I know you mentioned the Packers and quarterbacks. Um, just want to ask you this a couple seconds real quick. Um, what do you think about Jordan Love for the future for your team? Um, do you remember do you remember Aaron Rodgers going into his second year with the Packers? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. I remember that, yeah. There was a lot of buzz. He didn't start, but there was a lot of buzz going yeah. around coming out about how impressive he was. Especially in um, yeah, training so camp, yeah. Yeah, I don't hear that about Jordan Love. <laughs> and, oh, bro, you cold. You cold, bro. Like the Packers are an organization that likes to tell people when they're good. Yeah. Like to tell you that he's good. He's going to tell you that he's good. That tells you something. Yeah. To the side. Sign up for telling me. Packers are looking at Jordan Love, and they're not saying. Um, you know, one more year. I think they're looking at him the same. Maybe two more years. He's two years away. I hope so. I'm rooting for him, but I mean, he's already 23, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if he if he's two years, maybe three years away, he won't play until he's what? 25, 26. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
I just wanted your info on that, man. I know you you keep up with the package very well. Um, and I just wanted to get you a quick info on that. Um, last thing on the NFL, man, a quick topic also. Um, saw in the news early this morning. Uh, it's making the circulation around the news, ESPN, uh, NFL Network. Drew Brees had did an interview. And in the interview, he said he was only really healthy for one game last season. Um, he said he couldn't make this throw, couldn't make that throw, could with the rib injury. Um, do you think? Well, actually, quick, I want to ask you on for out of two options. A, do you think he's crying wolf simply because he just couldn't get it done anymore? Or B, do you think he was really hurt and it was the fault of the coaching staff to put him out there? Okay. I do think he was really hurt and I do think that he really had a lot of injuries that I kind of blame on the coaches that have to put him out there but also kind of throw A in there because he's like dog everybody was doing something and everybody was doing something right so what are you talking about like come on what are you talking about like Tom Brady had knee surgery after his season was over with um I heard that Mahomes had a minor procedure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson had to do a little rehab. Like, come on, son. Hell, even on his own team, Michael Thomas was hurt and still went out there and played, tried to play a game for him. So. That's not mentioning Michael Thomas because he looked off. But. <laughs> right, right, right. I was just. <laughs> people who were hurt. Good, people who were hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look like the little sisters are poor out there. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, he just, yeah. I, in terms of what I think about it, man, I, I, I just feel like it's one of those things, like, bro, just enjoy retirement. You know, don't come back with all this. Well, you know, if if was a fifth, I mean, yeah, we'll all be drunk, but come on, man, it's over. He got a million one stories now that he ain't playing, so. It's cool. It's, I understand it. Go to broadcasting gig. I'm sure Drew's gonna be great, but he could have kept that shit to himself. But it's easy exactly. to be on the soapbox everywhere. Because people yeah. blaming him for the Saints losing. I couldn't make this though. I couldn't make that though. Motherfucker, we know. We was watching your ass. <laughs> exactly. It's like, bro, we watched you throw three picks against the goddamn family Buccaneers. We watched that game. You single-handedly lost in that game. So don't try to tell me to play this woe is me shit, nah. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure people in this comment section, and especially after the season, it was giving him the business. We don't have shit, though. You're giving him the business, man. Like, if you hurt, but you, if you playing, then fuck it. Like, suck that shit up. Right. You know, like, we all, like, he acting like we all couldn't see last year. If the receiver ran past 20 yards, that shit was a decoy. Fuck. The team started just... <laughs> Team just started looking at motherfuckers like, oh, he outside that night. He ain't gonna make that. He ain't making that throw. Yeah, he's gonna try to dump that shit underneath. Let's pack that shit down. I'm like, bitch, please. Tampa Bay, even against Tampa Bay, they had to do a trick play with James Winston that throw the ball down. <laughs> like, why in the fuck? Like, yeah. you know, like, and this is what I didn't get about Tampa. Like, I motherfucker, James ain't no runner. James ain't run no four three. James ain't run no four nine. If that, 
Right. Like, gamers ain't no burner, no shit like that. Like, he's just a, a cool dude, good quarterback, but he ain't gonna run that. Now, I don't know how y'all didn't know that shit was a throw or something, but that's all. Hey, fool me one shame on you. Uh, <laughs> but to move forward, brother, um, so as we shift to the NBA news, uh, big topic. Of course, we heard about Steph. You know, we talked about Steph yesterday. His, you know, eleven games, thirty plus points or more. Um, you know, he was on a tear, man. Terrible late. They playing tonight against Denver. Uh, last I checked, man, they were up by ten in the third. Um, so talking about Steph, he mentioned about MVP. I got to be MVP. Um, in his own words. Um, as we look into what the MVP MVP race, um, who are your MVP guys, and does Steph qualify to possibly MVP this season? Okay, my top three MVP candidates so far this season are Nikola Jokic at one, mm. Joel wow. at two, Steph Curry at three. Wow. Mentioned me and Dane Willard. Really? Yeah, and honestly, if I had to give like a like a score one to hundred of what I would say their MVP status is to me, I would mm-hmm. say Nikola Jokic about a 92, 93. Um, he's essential to his team. Um, he's one of the ball handlers, main distributor. He initiates offense, creates offense for the players. He's not an elite defender, but he's also not a fucking clown show on that end. Right. So Joel and B, I can't give him anything higher than an 85 simply because he missed so many fucking games. Like, wow. you can't miss that many games and expect to be an MVP to me. Good as you are, damn good, mm-hmm. talented. But your team is the number one seed in the East, and you miss what, 19 games? This yeah, year? 19. You missed 19, and your team is the fucking first seed in the East? Come on, dog. Don't give me that bullshit about you beating me. <laughs> He's healthier, goddammit. Fuck. I mean, getting better shape. He's just so damn big and unhealthy at times. It's just like wow. eating cheeseburgers and shit on the sideline. Come on, man. Yeah. And honestly, the only reason I don't have Steph at higher than Joel Embiid is because the Warriors are 29 and 30. So I was just about to ask you. Okay. I'm, I'm blaming him a bit for their record, even though when he plays, when Steph plays, they're 28 and 22. Okay. When you really play that one and seven. Damn. Yeah. What you gonna do with that? What am I gonna do with that? Yeah. No doubt. I I agree with uh with your first person, uh, Nicola. Um I somewhat agree with Embiid and I could definitely see uh Steph. I mean, what he's doing is outrageous. People wrote him off before the season. They said Golden State wasn't going to be that good. They, they, they were even saying that Golden State wouldn't even make the playoffs. Um, he has him in position still to, to get in the play-in, which I think is why Dallas, Dallas's owner, Mark Cuban, is whining about the play-in now. But um, we'll talk about that, that another day. But um, I could definitely understand that. Uh, I want to play devil devil's advocate here. Um, of course there's a fans who's gonna listen to our show that are advocate <sighs> I wanna be nice the advocate uh, LeBron fans 
and they're going to give you some pushback about your list uh, saying that LeBron should be the numero uno uh, what do you say to those fans? How many games LeBron missed? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I'm not sure. I think the last game he played was, uh, I think I think he might have missed. I'm just throwing, I, I, last I saw, I, I could be wrong. Anybody, you know, correct me uh, with the comment. I think it was maybe 13 or 14. Okay. And they're saying he's probably not going to be back until maybe four or five games left in the regular season, correct? Right, which we have. I think uh, I think most teams right now have thirteen left, thirteen games left. Yeah. Not the MVP. Sorry, like I'm bringing up missing games from Joel. Do you think that's just gonna count for LeBron? <laughs> okay, but I mean it's LeBron. You know they they always like throw the age in now. He's thirty six, thirty five. No, he's thirty five. He's thirty five. He's doing these ridiculous things. He's the leader of the Lakers. Without LeBron, they would win. Uh, what do you say to that, man? I say you missed 13 games and you're scheduled to miss somewhere between another seven or eight games. No, you're not the MVP. You cannot miss more than a quarter of the season, almost a third of the season to be considered MVP. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I heard it, folks. Oh, uh, you, you know the list. Yeah, give him some kind of fucking Sorry, it's most valuable player. Not most valuable. You got hurt, but you're hurt because you didn't know this. You don't know how to fix yourself. Like, that's not the, that's not the name of my award. Oh shit! I heard shots fired. I heard shots fired. Is is simple, like. Because he got someone that with the fucking MVP all this season, he over and hurt himself. He got hurt. Like, if, if the Lakers want to go on for agency, get Dennis Schroeder as a point guard, let that man run point guard. If right. he's doing an adequate job, help him along the way. But don't let him start at point guard, bring the ball down the court, and then you run offense as soon as you come down the court because, you know, he doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. You vet, you're supposed to help your team out. People have a role to help winners understand their role. Right. And, speak, and speaking of which, you know, just real quick, um, just the way he, if he doesn't get the ball when he's trying to run the offense, he just kind of stands around. I, I, I don't understand that. His ball movement is, I don't know. Yeah. That's a top one today. Yeah. Well, he's not as bad as Brandon Ingram. Off-ball. Oh, <laughs> he's, terrible. He's, that dude's he's, terrible. LeBron's pretty terrible off ball. He doesn't do mm. much more off ball action or whatever, um, other than sitting a couple springs at the top of the, at the um, wing. So, mm-hmm. nah, he, he, he's not in the big conversation to me. Okay. Okay. Close, not even okay. Chris Paul is in the conversation because you know I have him at five. Go ahead. I have him. I have him around five and six. I have him around five and six. Um, I just don't. I have him and Devin Booker tied. I have him tied for a very specific reason because a lot of people want to give Chris Paul all the credit. Mm-hmm. I think 
he made a huge contribution to it. I think he's the reason that they're at the number one seed right now in the West. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the bubble and Devin Booker playing a lot better in the bubble with Monty Williams. Shout out to Monty Williams, former coach of the Pelicans. Yeah, shout out, man. Especially with Monty Williams coming into his own as a coach and going 10 0 in the bubble. I know we don't want to discount the bubble, but the man went 10 0. Man went yeah. 10-0. Yeah, he and did. He almost made the playoffs. There was nothing you could take away from it. I think they took that chip in their shoulder and they brought that shit in this season. And I commend them for that. So I don't know. I'm gonna get I'm giving Chris Paul the benefit of the doubt, in which I put him at five and, and Devin Booker at six, but I'm just giving him that benefit because he's such a vet and he knows how to win. Yeah. And I totally agree, man. I think I put them at five because I mean it just seems like everywhere Chris Paul goes, they they they're winners. Um, I don't know about the playoffs, but I'm just talking about just strictly regular season. They're winners. But I also think with the Suns, like you said, Monty coming into his own as a coach. And they also uh got veterans on that team. They got uh, you know, Jay Crowder from the Miami Heat. They, you know, they got some guys out there that, that play well. Bridges has uh uh grew up. You know, he was always a good three and D guy. Uh they got Cameron Johnson. Uh I think uh uh the center. Uh what's his name? I'm losing words. Yeah, I think he I think he's developed very nice, especially in the rebounding aspect of it. He was okay rebounder last year, had a couple double double games in which, you know, uh he'll put twenty and ten up, had some games we had over uh 12, 15, 12 to fifteen rebounds. But he's more consistent. And I think that's a uh a kudos to Monty Williams who works well with big men. So he's developed well. Um, so yeah, definitely I got Chris at five, CP three at five, and I definitely understand your points on that. Definitely, um, just just one last point in NBA before we move on. Um, who would you say? Well, I know we talked about overrated with the NFL prospects. Who are you most disappointed in this season in terms of NBA, NBA teams? NBA teams are most disappointed in. Um... Yeah, got teams that you might have seen last year that made the playoffs or that are kind of struggling this season, you know, uh, things of that nature. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a, um, the Boston Celtics, mm. and I'm gonna say b, the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. Really? Really? Okay. Yes. Dallas is fighting to not be in a playoff play play in game. And before the season, people were trying to basically pencil Booker Doncic in his MVP. Yes. Thank you. I told people that they thought I was crazy. Thank you. And all he looks like so far, and this is no shot at him. Uh, shit. I kinda know where you're going with this one. Go ahead, brother. All he looks like so far to me is James Harden Light. That's it. <laughs> It's just vastly slower. <laughs> yeah, like that's all he looks like. He does complaining like him. He's worse at defense than James Harden somehow, and James Harden's a big season. Um, he's a really good passer. He's a great scorer, but he's an consistent player. But he just—I I just don't—I just don't see the real progression. Mm-hmm. Let me be honest. Like a lot of the things he's better at 
it's just he has more experience with it so there are certain windows that improve that um you know you can see now because of how the game is played he's got more use of the pace but I don't see him developing it in his shot as he gotten better his rebounding is consistent if only because a lot of the times the Mavericks bigs box out and want their point guards to run the offense coming up the court so I, I don't know I think Dallas is disappointing another one is the Boston Celtics like come on now Jalen Brown is having his best season ever Kimball Walker looks like a shell of himself mm-hmm. um, looks like he's ready to foul somebody right now and Jason Tatum who I really like keeps getting better but for some reason they're not a better team and I don't know if it's Brad Stevens they need to get rid of um I don't know if Danny Ainge is too stagnant as a GM and doesn't want to bring in another elite talent to help the team out but I just I don't the boss so it's a big disappointment for a team that made it to the conference finals last year and a lot of people could go to the finals after yes once they start to find out they're playing the well the, uh, my three uh, two of them you already said uh, my third team will have to be the Toronto Raptors I actually thought they were going to be a good team everybody hyped up Spicy P which I think is a terrible nickname for a player um, they, they 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 hyped him up all season they talked about he was going to make the next step how he was going to lead that team in Toronto how, how they had uh, good talent left defensive, defensive on the defensive side um, uh, they just I mean I don't even think they're in the playoff contention this season uh, that's disappointing for a team that not too long ago, two years ago, when it, you know, NBA Finals. Uh, of course, Kawhi Leonard was there, but, you know, even last season, they were a playoff team. Now they just look like they're falling apart in response to the Boston thing. Um, they're only two games above 500. Um, they haven't really made the next step in terms of the talent around Jason Tatum and, um, and Brown. I think that you know, Danny Ainge, as much as people like to talk about how great of a GM he is, he's a holder of picks. Um, he yeah, gets all those drafts. Go ahead. And, and let me jump in here right quick. Yeah, talk about Danny Ainge, I'm sorry. But sure. I just got to say this. We're going to have a conversation. We got to have a conversation about Danny Ainge. We got to have a conversation about Danny <laughs> yeah, Definitely, definitely. Uh, this shit is ridiculous. This yeah. Team, all draft picks to do fucking what? To right. Look at to draft Tyler Boyd, who gonna come off your bench and play in a few minutes? That's the fuck you did. Stupid. Um, stupid. And even his draft picks have been questionable. I mean, yeah, I remember what the year that he got Romeo Langford, uh, another guard. You know, they already got guard play. I don't understand why you keep drafting guards and no bigs. Um, and speaking of bigs, I thought he, I thought personally, I would have traded one of those picks to get Andre Drummond, a big man in which they need. Um, instead, they went and got Christian, uh, excuse me, uh, Tristan Thompson uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers, who is undersized. He's you know up there in age, and you expected him to come in and be a starter for you and give you all this energy. I, I just don't, see, I don't understand the plan with that basketball team, and and also like you said with Brad Stevens, I, is he a coach? I forget you to the playoffs, sure, but is he a coach who leads you to a championship? That I'm not certain of, and so far he hasn't proven that to me. Um, and lastly, with Dallas, 
Um, I am disappointing them as well. Um, the owner always talks all that noise. But let's just be real here, Maul, man. Uh, nobody's running to Dallas to go play for that team. Um, they're, not a, they're not a free agent destination. And also, look at Luka. Everybody's going to sit there. The main thing I keep hearing from Dallas Mavericks fans is the excuses of uh, Porzingis being hurt early in the season. But if you're telling me this guy's going to be an MVP, can he not lead your team while the secondary players out? That's an issue. So, uh, not to belabor the point any longer, but, you know, I don't see that much with Luka Doncic. I think when he came into the league, he was pretty much developed as a player. And that's one thing I told people. Everybody kept talking about how much better he kept telling me how much better he's going to get. I still wasn't going for it. And you're starting to see it. He has a ceiling that's pretty low. Is he very talented? Yeah, hell yes. But what I be like, oh, he he's a, has unlimited potential, and they try to talk about how he's better than Zion, and he, he's going to be better than Zion long term. I don't see that. I see guys like Jason Tatum being better than him. I see guys like Zion, uh, Jalen Brown, possibly, if he continues to develop, uh, then, and a few other guys. But, um, you know, uh, I definitely agree with your assessments, man, and you know, we shall see. Those guys, those two, those three teams have been very disappointing to me as well. Um, but to move on to our next point, as we get ready to come to the end of the show, man, I just want to ask you two more things. One, uh, as we go into the UFC ring tomorrow night, Saturday night, uh, we got the main event, Usman versus Masvidal. Um, main event, uh, Usman eighteen and one, Masvidal thirty five and fourteen. Good record, both good fighters. Um, what is your picks for that match? Um, I got Kamara Usman. Um, number one, he's the stronger, better fighter. Um, mm-hmm. Entertaining as Jorge Masvidal is. I mean, if you want me to be real, I, I don't think he's a fighter who's won a damn thing in his career. <laughs> Damn. Damn, son. I mean, his biggest highlight is that he went on a 10-match win streak. Yes. And yes. He beat Ben fucking ass cream. Like, and you didn't, it's not like he had a great fight. You got a, you got a flying knee because you knew Ben was going to come in and try to grapple. Mm-hmm. You knocked him out the first five seconds. So, I haven't seen anything to tell me that Jorge Masvidal is going to win. He keeps saying that he only had six days the first fight, and six days don't mean shit. Because number one, all he was doing was cutting weight. Two, it went both ways because either one motherfucker knew who your opponent was going to be until six days beforehand. So he was trading training for Justin Burns, got you, and he leaned into what he experienced in doing, which is wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I don't see no problem with that. If you can't get off the fucking cage, or you can't get off the ground while someone's wrestling you. That's not really a big problem. A big problem. Yeah. Yeah, man. And not only that, I think just Kamara Usman has a lot more in the tool shed than Jorge Masvidal does. Jorge Masvidal has a lot of mouth. But yes. I, I see him beat an elite, elite talent. Hell no. I'm good. And, and I look I, at it. If you want me to be real, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. If you want to be real, like I don't, I don't even think he deserves to 
fight, honestly, other than the fact that he's likable and the fan favorite. That's what I was just about to say. That's why I was going with that. Uh, You know, I don't even think he deserved the fight. Deserved that fight. Um, I'm going with the same pick. I think it's going to be over. I'm I'm saying second round, possibly third, uh, depending on the situation. I think, you know, I think uh, Usman has a better, you know, overall game. His skill is better. I think his ground game is very good. Um, He does very well. When it comes to tight situations, he knows how to get out of, you know, certain positions. And also, you know, I think Mazadol, you know, he talks a big game. But I mean, I look at, I, I went back and looked at some of the, those losses on his ledger. And and some of those losses, he just got dominated, man. So, um, you know, he could talk a big game. But um, I think by the end of Saturday night, Usman is going to be the winner. And that's, to me, that's just without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just, to, just, just to insert this real quick, I'm going to reiterate before the show goes off. We're mm-hmm. going to do a, a, a quick pre fight evaluation card tomorrow. Um, okay. I'm going to come out maybe a little bit before the prelims, but just letting everybody know that we're going to talk about that. Cool, cool. Definitely, definitely. And we can't end the show, man, um, without this last assessment. Real quick. Um, everybody is, you know, today's Friday, April 23rd. Um, you know, everybody knows who uh, watches TV, for, God, for God's sakes. That Mortal Kombat came out today. Um, I watched it. I know Maul watched it. Just quick, quick assessment, Maul. What do you think about the movie? Um, if I'm looking at it, if, if I'm looking at it and I'm going into it, I'm going to Tough audience, tough crowd. It's, 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 it has good action. The storyline is corny, and they had to make up a main character because they didn't want to put in Johnny Cage. So, it's, whatever. But what you thought about it? I'm a, I'm a, I'm along this. I, I thought they had some funny moments in it. I thought I liked the action. The fighting was very good. Um, the the storyline was just very calm ballish. Uh, I didn't understand why they went that way, especially with the main character. I thought he was boring. Uh, he was useless pretty much. I mean he, I mean spoiler alert. He comes from the bloodline of Scorpion, but he had none of his it, it was weird um and then they're trying to and they set it up at the end of the movie for Mortal Kombat 2 which is going to introduce Johnny Cage which I should have thought they I thought they should have did that from the get-go but I'm pro- go ahead I'm gonna I'm slide this in real quick sorry no go ahead you know I was just talking about this somewhere else earlier if Zach Efron is not Johnny Cage then they fail Zach Efron is the perfect Johnny Cage. He has the look, he has the build, he has kind of that cocky attitude slash demeanor. Right, that's my only thing. Put some pumps in that man's shoes, let him walk. <laughs> I can see it, man. I can see it. Uh, I definitely can see it, man. So, Zach Efron, if, if you're listening to this man, Zach. You better go bang on the table. 
I don't care what the budget has to be, maybe Zach Afron, Johnny King. <laughs> I don't care what Johnny the first 10 minutes in there, but Right, I second that, man. I second that. Well, man, we're gonna wrap it up, man. Uh, great show as usual, man. And I do appreciate your time, brother. Uh, appreciate the audience. Appreciate uh, Thank you for listening. And again, watch out for that UFC card breakdown tomorrow. It should yes, be sir. Yes, sir. the prelims. We'll try to get it out around 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So just be on the lookout for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So good night. Be great. And talk to y'all tomorrow. All right. Peace. Peace.